Hello, Christ Central fam. It is Tuesday, April 28th, and you're listening to The Tight Five, a podcast for the Christ Central family. Now, I know it might feel like ages ago, but do you remember the moment when the new sheltering in place mandate hit your airwaves? What went through your mind when you heard the news? If you're like me, we probably had that mental double take. You're like, wait, what now? Schools are closed for a month? Church services are canceled? Wait, how far is six feet exactly? It caught the entire nation off guard. It's like everybody in the world got sucker punched and it rattled our daily routines and weekly plans. And pastors and parents were no exception. Within a few days after the news broke, churches scrambled to find creative ways to hold online services, and parents scurried to find alternative methods to educate their children. And to this day, no matter how on top of things we feel like we are now, the truth is no one is sheltering in place perfectly. And it's been a real struggle. But what if... In an age of faulty live streams and disorganized curriculum, God is revealing something greater in our hearts. That perhaps our thwarted plans, God has a greater purpose. So today on our podcast, we will be hearing from a pastor and a parent who is discovering grace in a time of corona. And we hope that his story will show you that God will always be God even within the piles of dirty laundry. Hello, Christ Central fam, and you're tuning into Tight Five's Interview Week, where we find interesting people who are willing to share their relatable stories. And my guest today is the care pastor at Fellowship Bible Church, in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's also a fellow doctorate classmate in biblical counseling at Westminster Theological Seminary, Philadelphia, and is currently writing a church manual on counseling mothers with postpartum depression. But most importantly, he is a dear friend and ministry brother. So please welcome Pastor Stephen Brandon. Hello, Stephen. Yeah, hey, Ian. Thanks yeah, for Yeah, welcome me, to the Christ Central's Tight Five podcast. And this is too cool. It's amazing technology connecting people all across the country. Yeah, um, I was actually thinking about our friendship. There's like some articles that say how it's so challenging for 30-year-olds to make new friends. I think I would imagine those authors haven't met a Stephen Brandon in their life. Oh, man. Well, you're you're too kind, man. Some of my fondest memories include uh, going to the Philadelphia Union MLS game together over a weekend in Philly and just the, the good times we had, you know, taking in sports, but then also the, the ride out to the stadium and laughing together and, you know, talking about the things of the Lord and our hobbies and all of it, man. I, yeah, I cherish our friendship, buddy. And it's great to reconnect like this. And also procrastinating on some schoolwork that we should have been doing. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, let's uh, break the ice with a very important question. How are you on your toilet paper supply? 
Yes. So uh, we have not had to use paper towels yet. We're still <laughs> we're still able to uh, stay stocked on uh, toilet paper, uh, thankfully. So yeah, we're we're hanging in all right. Um. So I wanted to get started with this question. So in San Francisco, we're entering week seven with sheltering in place. I'm curious on how people are handling this long season of quarantine in your part of town in Little Rock. What's it like over there? Well, hey, if I could just start out by saying how your church family at Christ Central and really everyone in the Bay Area is in our prayers, um, I can't even begin to empathize or imagine what you guys have gone through in these uh, weeks and, and what it's been like. And so, um, so you guys can know and hear that you've got others praying for you guys and keeping up with the news on your behalf and uh, really prayerful all this comes to an end soon. But for us here in Little Rock, you know, Arkansas is a little bit more spread out here in the central part of the country and uh, I'm in the state capital and uh, we only have a couple hundred thousand uh, people in the biggest city in the, the state and so um, we have moved probably a lot more slowly to restrictive measures, but we've we've still been quarantined now probably more along the lines of five weeks. We've had a curfew in place and, you know, strong social distancing requirements from the governor. And we've seen pretty dramatic changes in, you know, shopping by limiting the number of people inside of stores. A significant number of restaurants have closed. Uh, but still been able to do curbside takeout or, you know, ordering online. And so um, businesses have mostly worked from home in these last weeks. That includes our church staff ministry uh, has happened from in our homes. And uh, so I think commercially and corporately, uh, our states made some dramatic uh, changes. But then socially, you know, it's given us the chance really to um, be in our neighborhoods even more rather than just at the end of our days um, crossing paths with neighbors when we check the mail in the middle of the afternoon or uh, you know when we're bringing in the trash barrel or something and so uh, you know it's been it's been a sweet time to um, draw back from some of the more busy um, corporate you know and, and and commercial schedule and really lean in more to the social and community uh, life that we've always seemed to to kind of look over or, or or rush past. So it's definitely had its challenges, um, and it's definitely been you know less than ideal and even unpleasant at times in our community. But at the same time, there's been a lot of really sweet um, silver linings and um, cool ways to 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 stay positive through it all. Um, I wanted to get your perspective as a pastor in this COVID nineteen era, and so as a fellow partner in the ministry. I want to hear about your own like pastoral experience when the pandemic news broke. So do you remember where you were and what went through your mind when large church gatherings had to be canceled? Yeah, I think what I could only liken it to is an uh, eerily familiar feeling of the experience on 9-11, where there was a kind of invisible you know, enemy. I mean, obviously, um, there was a very tangible um, attack on our country, but uh, as a freshman in college, um, 
not really fully understanding the broad scope of what was going on, I, I more or less had some kinds of, of flashback to that where I knew the country was going through something and there were going to be some dramatic changes and it was just maybe more scary than other experiences because of the unknown and something that you hold so dear like gathering together as a community to worship Christ, to encourage one another and so forth um, was a real jarring experience, I think, and, and really um, eerie, I guess is the only word I could, I could think of. But, um, you know, to then immediately recognize that the Spirit of the Lord is present in all of our hearts and lives and how that may have been abused as a cliche now became very real and very present in, uh, in my life and my family's life. And so, um, unlike those who have no hope and have no relationship with Christ, just because our world was, you know, pretty much collapsing, was, was systematically tightening and closing down, um, we still could have hope and we could still have, you know, optimism because the Spirit of the Lord is, is with us and sustaining us and, and giving us peace and comfort. happened to be, you know, reading and, and writing a little bit on the early chapters of the book of Mark, specifically looking at, at Mark 4 when Jesus um, calms the storm. He and the disciples um, are there on the Sea of Galilee. And something that stood out to me that I think has been a comfort is in Mark 4, um, Jesus would use the same Greek word to rebuke the wind that he used earlier in Mark 1. Uh, to rebuke the demon uh, that was in the possessed man at, at Capernaum. And so the idea that our God is sovereign and providential and ultimately um, the authority over both the seen and the unseen and just the incredible um, um, truth that comes out of him rebuking the wind and how you know there are going to be these um, experiences in life that we have whether they're seen or unseen, you know, natural or man-made, that God still continues to have authority over. And He has a love for His children and a desire to protect His children and provide for His children, so much so that He stands to rebuke the natural and the unnatural, the seen and the unseen, you know, on our behalf. And so um, I think that's been a work He's done in my life as a pastor because just even as um, a human, you know, I don't know, Sometimes the stereotype can be blown up and we as pastors are seen as, you know, never doubting or never fearing. But I can tell you, I, I've wrestled with anxiety, having a sense of feeling overwhelmed or overcome. And then just as of late being reminded that, no, we have the victory, um, not just in this life, but in the eternal life. And so I've been convicted of some fear that I've entertained for maybe a little too long and uh, am, am regaining confidence again in the truth like God's authority over even something mm. like COVID. Kind of what I'm also curious about, um, it's said that being a pastor is about presence ministry. However, with social distancing in place, I'm curious on how you're adjusting to this new virtual shepherding role and norm. Yeah, well, I, uh, I certainly don't iron my clothes as often <laughs> as I once did. <laughs> I only shave about once a week now uh, with virtual shepherding. Um, 
but we uh, are definitely um, continuing to minister as best as possible. Uh, we, uh, in our care ministry, do a significant amount of biblical counseling. And so most of that, if, well, actually all of that has gone to um, online counseling through Zoom or FaceTime. One incredible blessing has been we've uh, seen local businesses rise to the occasion to help, and that includes uh, one of our local Chick-fil-A's has provided um, 50 meals a day. And so our church um, volunteers have gone and delivered meals to senior adults, delivered meals to nurses and doctors, delivered meals to grocery store and you know Walmart uh, employees. And so that's been a lot of fun. No strings attached, no you know religious pressure, just loving our community uh, and, and being you know the hands and feet of God in that way. But probably one of the most, um, I think, special stories I've heard so far is our divorce care was scheduled to begin at right about the time that we began um, earnest quarantine. And so everything stopped uh, meeting and everyone stopped gathering. And so that delayed the start of our divorce care. So it went ahead and got started uh, earlier this uh, spring and then was about to come to an end last night when uh, one of the women that was uh, attending the group kind of sheepishly spoke up and she said that she hadn't really been saying much because as it turns out, she and her husband have decided to stay together and stay married. And her story includes had divorce care begun when it was scheduled to begin, she admits she was too um, hurt and too upset. Uh, she had learned about her husband's affair and her emotions were too raw, she said, to want to meet with anyone or talk through anything. And so because of that providential delay, um, she was able to you know, gather herself and get her wits about her and be in a position to hear from the Lord and, and let the Lord minister to her. And so we saw God save a marriage in the midst of what we thought was less than ideal, something we were rather discouraged about, you know, how good can it be if it's on Zoom? And man, we're kind of embarrassed we had to start late. And, you know, do we even still do it? You know, I guess, but in our small amount of faithfulness, right? In our loaves and fishes, the Lord multiplied it in an incredible way to see this marriage saved. And so I'm not prepared to say, you know, that aren't you grateful for COVID because it, you know, happened this way. I'm here to say that we've seen the hand of God work in some pretty awesome ways, even though we of little faith have been discouraged about some of these things not going the way we wish they might have or would have otherwise. God's still at work, still saving marriages, still restoring hearts. And, uh, and it's been a really cool thing to see. Wow, that's terrific news. Uh, I'm so encouraged by that. But I also am a little jealous that you're handing out free Chick-fil-A sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, know if, I don't know if the Bay Area is quite in our geographic circle. Um, maybe I can send it by UPS. <laughs> we'll take it. That exit over there. So aside from your pastoral role, I know that you wear many hats within the home, and I want to understand your experience as 
a husband and as a parent, you mentioned that you're married to your wife, Becca, and you have two boys, Cooper and Brooks. So what has quarantine life been like within the Brandon home? Are you the classroom teacher or are you the cafeteria lunch lady dishing out sloppy joes? <laughs> uh, I'm more of the uh, PE instructor with the gym shorts that are too short who tucks his collared shirt into his gym pants. Yeah, that's more me. Um, that's my role. Uh, when my wife has maxed out her patience and her, uh, you know, compassion, I take the boys out front and kick the soccer ball, uh, around a little bit. Um, it has been, it has been an overall blessing, uh, to be together, um, in ways that we might not otherwise have been together. I think we've eaten more meals together in the last couple of weeks than we have in the last year. And that is an involuntary blessing, you know, something that we didn't see coming that we're grateful for. Um, but I would, I would want you to know, or any, anyone listening that might be encouraged that the blessing also includes my sanctification, you know, because as my world has gotten a whole lot smaller, my wants and my needs and my preferences are bumping up against my wife's wants and needs and preferences. And so it's, it's been, uh, you know, a, uh, a time of growth for me to learn to be even more humble and, and to be even more uh, of a servant maybe than I already was, uh, reminding me of ways that I still need to grow in those areas. And so, um, you know, we've tried to remember to extend grace to each other to think the best of each other. My temptation is, well, she did that on purpose. Or, you know, gosh, why do my sons just, why can't they just get their act together and be obedient? But try to assume the best and try to be gracious towards each other um, as uh, Christ has been towards us. I hear from a couple parents from our church and they shared how, you know, their kids have no idea what's going on. They have no categories or capacity to think what a global pandemic is all they think about is like man i'm having so much fun with mom and dad i'm curious if you've ever tried explaining what's happening in the world right now with your children and how did that go yeah we've tried to explain a little because you're exactly right our whole world is completely different um you know again starting with there's no nba on tv and cooper just doesn't understand and I don't know if your listeners can even stomach the fact that we're Memphis Grizzlies fans or not. We are tired of your Warriors beating up on us every single year. But, uh, you know, major things started to change in his life. School was canceled. And um, then it really hit home when, you know, we weren't going over to see uh, his grandparents or, you know, we're always encouraging him to share or, you know, give high fives. And all of a sudden it's air hugs and no, don't go across the street. Let's just wave. And so, you know, we, we talk a whole lot in terms of the virus, you know, just for lack of a better word. And it's kind of funny to hear him blame things on the virus. You know, he'll say, oh yeah, because of the virus, you know, we can't go to the park or we can't go to the splash pad or do something fun. But he, he seems to understand, you know, that there is uh, something bigger than us going on. And I think that's been a redemptive element that 
maybe earlier than we would anticipate or maybe a little bit less pleasant than we would expect. It's been a, a way to help at least our five-year-old Cooper understand that there are more people on earth than just our little world, but there are people globally that might be suffering because of the virus. There are people in our country uh, whose lives have been turned upside down because of the virus. And so obviously we're not oversharing uh, more than a little five-year-old can, can handle, but have definitely tried to redeem the experience by way of expanding his worldview beyond just, you know, himself and, you know, helping him understand that his Amazon Prime order might not make it in two days. And we're okay with that, right? Because there's bigger things going on. There's bigger things happening uh, in the world because of the virus. And so trying to, I mean, we're not perfect at it by any stretch, but we'd, we'd love to say that we've done our best to, to try to redeem uh, this global experience to help him understand he's a small part of a, of a great big world. I heard a quote uh, saying that everybody is quarantining wrong, meaning that no one is doing sheltering in place perfectly. <laughs> um, so I think it basically hits a nerve that, you know, everyone is expected to play these whole new roles overnight and to perfect them within a 24 hour period, like being parents, workers, educators, chefs, administrators, entertainers, home gym instructors, but can you share at least one success story that you found that worked within your family and to encourage others with that kind of pro tip um, as we kind of figure out sheltering in place together? I mentioned it a second ago, uh, the idea of being gracious toward one another and how um, it's so incredibly Christ-like to be gracious and merciful. He, we know what love is because he first loved us. And that because we shelter in place doesn't mean that that goes out the window. And um, I think one win, if you will, is that we can be gracious to each other as a family, um, that the days that we extend mercy and patience toward each other, I think is another kind of a win. You know, practically any time that we can still promote, you know, the positive, like we will at the end of a day, under normal circumstances, ask our children, what was the best part of your day? Or, or what was you know, the, your favorite part of the day? And so we're trying to stay in routines like that and trying to be um, a family that um, is not overwhelmed or overcome. And so I don't know how that necessarily plays out practically for every, every family, but I think those two things would be my encouragement, that, that now more than ever, we would continue to practice grace continue to practice mercy towards each other as Christ has toward us. And then also staying in those routines uh, that, 
that tell a watching world, whether that watching world is inside your home or one of your neighbors, but it communicates to a watching world. There's something different about that person, about the way they're sheltering in place. Maybe not necessarily, you know, tangibly or, or concretely different, but their attitude and their perspective on life in this whole situation is something special. And then I think at the end of this, when the Lord, um, um, you know, moves in a way that that allows us to to get back into a, a rhythm again, it may even be a springboard for conversations again within your family uh, or or a watching neighbor that the Lord can can certainly use. And then we can look back and say, we quarantined well because we didn't lose our uh, you know testimony. We didn't lose. Uh, you know, our um, declaration of, of who God is by the way we acted or our perspective. It's okay that no one is batting 100% and that our imperfect games are pretty much blown sometimes when we wake up. I think I remember uh, you're a Red Sox fan, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, right, which I'm is tough to beat. myself for this one. Right, right. Well, no, just your, you know, love for baseball and Beantown and all of that. I once heard it said, you know, it's okay to go O for four, but you don't want to go O for August. <laughs> That's when you've got a problem. That's when you're in a slump. And I think the same is true in our Christian walk, and the same is true in the time of, of quarantine, that, hey, it's okay. You know, one, you know, blown temper a bad parent does not make, right? Or Or, or one time when you you know, maybe stayed on the couch or you slept in just a little. I mean, there's going to be those times when you've just simply got to be gracious towards yourself. Um, and, and just keeping in mind that as long as it's not a slump, as long as it's not an O for August, then, you know, again, there's a Heavenly Father who's gracious and merciful towards us. May we be that with our families, with each other, and then that will permeate through um, our, our communities and in that watching world. Amen. Thank you so much for your time, Stephen. It's just a pleasure catching up with you, laughing with you. And once when this band is lifted, I hope to see you in Philly or come out to SF with a Chick-fil-A sandwich in hand. Absolutely. And I would love to come out to California and spend some time with you and the Christ Central family. Uh, thanks so much for having me. And uh, I, I pray a blessing over you guys in these uh, days. Can I ask you to close us in prayer, especially for pastors and parents as we all minister to our respective families today? Yeah, and I'd be honored. Thank you. Heavenly Father, uh, we're so very grateful for your love for us. Grateful that you did not leave us enemies of yours, sinners that deserved your wrath, but instead, Father, we worship you because you sent your Son to die an unearned, undeserved death so that we can have unearned, undeserved life. And Father, we um, praise you and glorify you for your love. And I pray that the Christ Central family will feel your love in real and tangible ways. Will you be merciful towards them and giving an abundance of your love uh, in these days? I pray, Lord, that parents especially would be gracious towards themselves, would be patient with each other, uh, that, Father, they would hide in you. Their union with you is their identity, not whatever uh, they think is a perfect parent. Uh, but instead, Father, that they would know they are secure and loved and held fast by you and that you can empower them to be uh, the parent, the husband, the wife, the roommate, 
that you are calling them to be. Uh, Lord, I pray for an end of this uh, global pandemic, that you would um, radically intervene in this country and around the world. Uh, Father, so many that have been affected, I pray, Lord, that you would radically intervene in a special way. And that, Father, you would continue to use your shepherds, your ministers of the gospel uh, to make a radical difference, both formal clergy and your people. Lord, whether they have a title or not, may we all as Christ followers be compelled to share your love and show your love with those in our community. Father, I'm so grateful for N and what he means to me uh, as a friend and brother. Pray an extra special prayer over uh, over him in these days. Uh, Bless him and keep him. Lord, again, thank you so much for loving us and hearing our prayer. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you for listening to Christ Central's Tide 5. And thank you to Stephen Brandon for your wisdom and your stories. For more information on Stephen Brandon, please visit his blog at www.srbrandon.com. Until next time, be safe, be well. And Godspeed.